for the week of July 17th, 2023. This is Diet Science with Dean McCaffrey. Dee's an organic chemist and nutritionist who lost 100 pounds by staying away from processed foods. She's now pursuing a doctorate in clinical nutrition. And every week on Diet Science, Dee covers a topic or two that's important for you and your family's health. This is your co-host, Michael McGaffrey. So, Dee, what's the topic for this week? This week, we're talking about a new report from the World Health Organization that has classified the artificial sweetener known as aspartame, Mm -hmm. uh, sold under the brand name Equal, Mm -hmm. is, uh, quote, possibly carcinogenic to humans, Mm. unquote. So it (laughs) wasn't considered necessarily that before officially? Officially, no, it was not considered carcinogenic. So just for those who are unfamiliar, uh, a a human carcinogen means that it is cancer-causing. Okay. So that's basically what the report is saying about aspartame now. So that's pretty bad for a company. Uh, So so that means aspartame. So WHO is now saying aspartame causes cancer if you consume it. I guess at certain degrees and amounts, I assume. Well, you know, they're good with their wording. It's possibly carcinogenic to humans. Oh, okay. okay. So um, now, interestingly enough, of course, the World Health Organization um, has made this uh, determination. However, the US FDA is not agreeing with oh. this. Um, and then also there is even um, the uh, an organization, or I'm sorry, an agency within the World Health Organization, that is more kind of like their food, uh, app, the food agency of the World Health Organization is also not agreeing with this. So oh. it's kind of weird. It's like they've there we have conflicting information coming from within even the same organization, the World hmm. Health Organization. Hmm. So, so basically, um, what what this is saying is that. Um, Aspartame, which I said is marketed under the brand name of Equal, um, and by the way, aspartame is added to many things um, that people consume, like diet sodas, um, sugar-free candy, um, many sugar-free items like breakfast cereals and mm-hmm. those types of things, and some desserts. Mm-hmm. So, so the World Health Organization's Cancer Research Group. Uh, said that it was categorizing this artificial sweetener as a possible carcinogen, Mm -hmm. but the agency's food safety group said the evidence wasn't convincing. Hmm. So that's why I said it's within within the organization there's conflicting um, opinion, basically. And then, like I said, the FDA says it doesn't believe that this artificial sweetener is carcinogenic. Mm -hmm. So, so what are we to make of all of this, uh, right? Uh, yeah, um, and and basically, I, I'm sure most people want to know, like, what is my stance on this? Like, what do I think about mm-hmm. this new um, ruling by mm-hmm. the World Health Organization? So, um, the first thing I think we would want to look at is why did the World Health Organization decide to look at this? Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason was because there had been several studies over the course of the last five or 10 years 
that found that people who consumed the most aspartame over time had a slightly elevated risk of certain cancers. Mm. And this was showing up in several different types of population studies. Hmm. And so the question arose was to why are people who eat the most aspartame getting cancers? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, then the question came, well, could aspartame actually explain that risk? Mm -hmm. um, and so that is why they looked at it. So the scientists at the World Health Organization decided to review all of that evidence and what they determined is that though these findings were good, you know, the studies were good, like they weren't necessarily flawed studies mm -hmm. in any way. Um, but the World Health Organization uh, couldn't determine whether this finding of a slightly elevated risk of cancer was due to chance or was it due to bias or just that the people who are getting cancer and were uh, consuming lots of aspartame might have other risk factors or lifestyle fa habits that put them at the higher risk of cancer. Mm -hmm. So with all of that information, you know, they're saying, well, there is a risk. Mm -hmm. So we're going to say that it is possibly carcinogenic to humans. Mm -hmm. And I actually think this is good because it's just letting people know this could be one thing that you're consuming that is putting you at a higher risk for cancer and by cutting it out of your uh, consumption, you you could lower that risk, mm -hmm. right? Um, and the thing is, you know, I mean, whether or not uh, it's carcinogenic, you know, car uh, you know, cancer causing is one thing. But what about other health risks of consuming aspartame that have been studied and have been shown to be problematic? Hmm. So whether it's carcinogenic or not doesn't mean that it's not harmful in other ways, mm -hmm. right? So, um, in fact, you know, more recent studies have shown how the consumption of aspartame um, really uh, upsets the human microbiome, which is all the good mm. bacteria in the gut. Yes. Um, and then, at, and then, as a consequence of that that puts people at higher risk for other things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, while a lot of these studies probably haven't had an opportunity to really look at microbiome relationship to the consumption of aspartame and the risk of cancer, we do know that it causes other things. Like, you know, we're now saying that aspartame, uh, ironically, although it's sugar-free and it's supposed to be helping people lose weight, actually causes weight gain. Mm. So, yeah, because of the microbiome disruption. Oh, you know, I see. So it signals the body to actually store fat rather than uh, burn it. Oh, that's a downer. So, yeah, and <laughs> and not only that, you know, so then that that could put people at a higher risk for um, you know for obesity. Well, so, for the same thing they're avoiding mm. because they're they're taking aspartame. Exactly. Yeah. Now, one other thing, I just like to share some of the history of aspartame because I wrote about this in my book, The Science mm. of Skinny. Um, I did a whole expose on the three packets that, you know, at the, uh, the time I wrote the book, it was pink, yellow, and blue. Mm -hmm. um, we still have pink, yellow, and blue. When mm -hmm. you go to a restaurant, those are the choices that you have. Um, today, hope, you know, thankfully, now we have green mm -hmm. as well. Um, but anyway, aspartame was one of three artificial sweeteners that I exposed in my book about how they were developed mm -hmm. and then, you know, what health issues have been associated with them. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, the one thing that stood out to me, since I'm a chemist, uh, chemist by trade, nutritionist by destiny, mm-hmm. sometimes what I say, but mm-hmm. the um, what I looked at was, you know, the chemistry of, of these artificial sweeteners mm-hmm. and um, was just kind of, you know, I guess I shouldn't have been shocked, but I was mm-hmm. to sh- shocked to first discover uh, how they were made and and then also just that, you know, there were so many uh, health consequences associated with it. So what I wrote about in the book was that um, aspartame has a shady past. Mm-hmm. It was uh, in 1965, a, a chemist named James Schlatter, who was working for a, a company called G.D. Searle, mm-hmm. um, he accidentally discovered aspartame. Um, because what he was doing was he was, um, they were using a, a couple of different amino acids um, in trying to combine them into a new compound to create uh, an ulcer drug, mm. basically, because G.D. Searle was a pharmaceutical type mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. And so basically during one of his experiments to create a new drug to treat ulcers, the the beaker, basically, you know, he was he, he was combining things in a little beaker, and it started bubbling over, right? So just imagine this bubbling beaker. So that bubbling beaker, sp- some of it spilled over onto his hand. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of sort of wiped it off like he didn't take any actions to like go wash his hands or rinse, which was the thing to me that was so you know, so shocking was that, oh my gosh, that's such poor laboratory protocol to Mm. not wash your hands after you get something on it, right? You know, you've got chemicals. Right. Um, But nonetheless, that's what happened. Some of this uh, new compound that he was working on creating spilled onto his hand. Um, Later, when he licked his finger to pick up a piece of paper that had fallen to the ground, the substance on his finger was found to taste sweet. Mm-hmm. And so the company realized that the stuff in the bubbling beaker could be more lucrative as a food additive mm-hmm. than as a limited market ulcer drug. Mm-hmm. So um, so that was kind of how it changed the trajectory of what it was supposed to be originally. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be an ulcer drug, but now they're like, well, we can make a lot more money if we could get this to be mm-hmm. used as a, as, as a sweetener with mm-hmm. no calories, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, But the early testing of aspartame was actually fraught with results showing that it was not safe to consume, mm-hmm. particularly that it induced brain tumors in mice. What? Oh, jeez. And in those early studies, the FDA banned aspartame based oh, okay. on those findings. Right. But the president of the company, um, which I found this to be quite interesting, too, the president of G.D. Searle at the time was Donald Rumsfeld. Oh, my. Who um, is the same Donald Rumsfeld who later served as secretary of state under two U.S. presidents. Mm. Um at that time, he vowed to get aspartame approved, mm-hmm. even though the FDA had banned it at that time. Mm-hmm. So over the next five years, the evidence mounted against the safety of aspartame. But after Reagan was elected president in 1980, Donald Rumsfeld joined his team and told the, the Surly company 
that he would see to it that aspartame was approved within a year. And indeed, that did happen. Wow. So he somehow, there was somehow some influence there um, that happened. But um, by, ni- by 1992, so, so basically a ni- from 1980 when, when it was approved and then introduced into the food supply, by 1992, over 10,000 complaints had been filed with the FDA mm. about food reactions pertaining to aspartame. Mm. And the FDA once listed 92 different symptoms associated with the use of ap- aspartame. Um, and those symptoms were confirmed through controlled studies. Um, and some of those symptoms included headaches, migraines, weight gain, dizziness, confusion, memory loss, drowsiness, depression, irritability, anxiety attacks, tingling and numbness, heart palpitations, shortness of breath, aggravation of diabetes, mm. um, menstrual problems, joint pain. I mean, it just, there were lots of different other um, symptoms that were related to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so whether or not aspartame is possibly carcinogenic to humans, I still don't recommend it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for anyone to consume, especially now that we have so many other alternatives. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet this is, you know, this aspartame is still very widely used mm-hmm. um, in products. And so, um, but of course the FDA is, all, is still saying that this is safe Mm. Um, and they're, they, you know, they even give a threshold. They, they're basically trying to quell any fear that people would have by saying that, you know, the studies show that, um, this, uh, this aspartame does not cause cancer. You know, they they're saying they don't have any studies that in like an animal studies that it causes cancer. But of course we have to understand that, um, Aspartame was introduced into the food supply in the 1980s, um, and there's never really been any long-term study. Mm-hmm. Like we don't, we don't have any studies showing. Well, what would happen if we gave them a certain level of aspartame over the course of two decades? Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 when you do laboratory studies, you're doing it with animals, so you have to kind of uh, adjust for their life spans Mm -hmm. so for example a uh for a a typical laboratory animal that could be like two years Mm -hmm. for a laboratory animal that might equate to 10 years in a Mm -hmm. human life Mm -hmm. right so they've never done those kinds of studies that long Mm -hmm. so they really don't know and that's another reason why the world health organization was really concerned about this because we really don't know Mm. um you know it's been since the 1980s so it's now almost 40 something years on mm-hmm. that we've been consuming this and so maybe after 20 years of consumption maybe that's what's causing the elevated risk of cancer um the companies and whatever studies they do have they they say that you know a person could never consume the amount of aspartame that would be problematic mm-hmm. so for example they say that 40 uh, recommendation f- uh, from from people at the uh, the World Health Organization say that people could consume a maximum of forty milligrams of aspartame for every kilogram of body weight that you weigh. Mm-hmm. So for a hundred and thirty pound person, 
if you convert that to kilograms, that's about 60 kilograms. Mm -hmm. So for every kilogram, you could have 40 milligrams of aspartame and still be considered safe. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of aspartame. You know, mm -hmm. we're getting into the thousands of milligrams of aspartame. And uh, according to my uh, research, one packet of equal contains 37 milligrams of aspartames. And a 12-ounce can of diet soda contains around 40. And I'm, or, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, around 50. And what's the um, edge? What's uh... The, uh, the edge is, you know, they're saying it's 40 milligrams for every kilogram of body weight. So if you weigh 60 uh, kilograms, so 60 times 40. So that's a lot, you know, we're going mm -hmm. into the thousands of milligrams there. So, so they're saying that you would have to consume massive amounts of aspartame in order to get to that, right? Mm -hmm. But like what I said is that, you know, how do we know over the course of time and maybe decades what that aspartame is actually doing mm -hmm. in the body? And right. that's, that's the main concern that I have. Right. It's right. the one that I've had for many years since I, you know, when I first changed my diet, I, like every probably every other American during that time, this was the early 1990s, yeah, I switched to e using Equal and mm -hmm. drinking diet sodas. Mm -hmm. You know, that was mm -hmm. what everyone was doing at the time. But as soon as I learned about this, that's when I quit drinking diet sodas and stopped using those artificial sweeteners. Well, and in your book, you recommend Stevia, right? I do. Mm -hmm. I still stand by Stevia, the... Even the most newest research is showing that stevia is not harmful. Well, and thankfully, mm -hmm. there's a green packet now. Yeah, you know. the green packet, which in my in my opinion, the even though some of those green packets are not the greatest, I mm -hmm. still feel that they do have some questionable ingredients in them. I still think they're better than aspartame or sucralose, which is Splenda, mm -hmm. or saccharin, which mm -hmm. is sweet and low. Or sugar. So the pink, yellow, and blue. Oh, yes, and of course, sugar. White, yeah. <laughs> the white sugar, yeah. So um, uh, anything more before we go, Dee? No, I just thought it was a good idea for us to sort of, un you know, unravel this uh, claim by the World Health Organization to kind of let people know the story behind it, where that claim is coming from, and what the other um, potential risks of consuming aspartame are. Well, and I remember that story, that, that story that you spoke of is in your book, right? It is. Mm -hmm. So we'll have a link to the book, The Science of Skinny. Sure. Yeah, it's a great expose on all of those artificial sweeteners, not just, not just aspartame. All right, Dee, thank you for another informative week. Diet Science is the official podcast for Process Free America. We're a nonprofit dedicated to eliminating childhood and adult obesity through nutrition education to both young and old. You can catch this podcast and lots of other great podcasts and articles at processfreeamerica.org. This is Dee McCaffrey, and until next time, go forth and be healthy. <laughs>